0: Today. today, 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 with Jeff Vines. Twice every weekday on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app.
1: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's welcome back to 2020 as we do on a Thursday. Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, welcome along.
0: Uh, delighted to be
1: here, now. Let's start with this big developing situation in the West, Greg. You've been monitoring this along. I mentioned that we had a, touched on this very briefly on Monday with Martin Isles, but the Western Australian government's policy of refusing to lease its entertainment venues to groups with alternative views to the government. What are your thoughts about what's developing?
0: Well, Neil, look, I'm really, really saddened by this because I think uh, my fears are coming to fruition, uh, which I've alluded to in the past two years with you, Neil. Look, this is nothing short of communist ideology being implemented into mainstream mainstream Australian lifestyle. Now, look, for the government to have public venues, which are owned by the government, of course, in WA, to declare that they won't accept any performances or bookings that contradict government policy is nothing short of, you know, stopping our freedom of speech. Now, Neil, the point is that, that that the West Australian government here is now trying to appease this so-called left-wing ideology. And if you go to if you go to communist China, you and I both know, you know, churches are being persecuted, your viewports are being persecuted, you cannot have the internet going outside of China, which is, by the way, vetted by the Chinese government, the communist government. Neil, this is sad. It's not, this is not about ACL, really. This is about our Christian viewpoint being prevented from a heard by the general community. And I'm saddened by this, Neil. I really am.
1: Well, what we've got, if we take the ACL as the example here, and uh, while we think of the ACL as a Christian organisation, and that's what they are, and Mm. uh, and of course they are also a politically active organisation, a very strong and growing political voice. So if you have a political party, which is the McGowan government in WA, saying, we will not allow a political voice that has any dissenting ideas to our own position, isn't that an authoritarian rise of... uh, It's it's tyrannical, isn't
0: it? Yeah, absolutely. Now, now look, let me just tell you, that it's not just the Christians that are being persecuted here. I mean, the Perth Theatre Trust last year apologised now, hear this, now, apologised to the Chinese government after it allowed the Taiwanese acrobatic troupe to perform at the state theatre. Now, they've apologised to the government of China for allowing an organisation that doesn't agree with Chinese politics. So, so, so therefore... They are also banned. But not only that, Family Voice also opposes voluntary assisted dying, which came into effect in in, in, uh, 1st of July, uh, you know, a few weeks ago in WA. So are we going to be banned from expressing our points of view? Are you going to be banned from talking about it on radio? Or is your radio program going to be blackmailed, uh, blackened out in, in WA? Neil, we can't let this happen. This is nothing short of communist ideology, creeping into the departments of of, of government government, and in particular organisations that are, you know, arts-related, theatre-related. Neil, this has got to stop. We need to have our freedom of speech. And we are not being allowed, and I'm not sure whether we should be really in the streets with flags and saying, hey, we want freedom of speech because this has to stop. What are we going to do about it? Because I've got other issues I've got to talk about nationally. We also go to Perth, Adelaide. Brisbane, are they going to stop us from speaking? Are they going to stop anybody that disagrees with government? That is nothing short of communistic ideology now.
1: Well, they're good at closing the borders in WA, and uh, so groups like yours and other Christian groups may well be in their sights next. Uh, Interestingly, we talk about the ACL, and uh, of course I support the ACL. I think they're a fabulous Mm. organisation. Uh, What gives me some level of confidence here is that The ACL has lots of people who are lawyers and they know what the law is and they can tell whether the government is breaking the law and they say that the WA government is in breach of Section 62 of the Equal Opportunity Act and uh, we might be thrilled that there are some lawyers who may be considering some legal action here but what are your thoughts around the fact that uh, WA government in breach of the Equal Opportunity Act?
0: Well, well, they actually, in my opinion, I'm just a a, a Bush lawyer, Neil, but uh, even though i studied law at university, but look, I have to tell you that the Act makes it clear that it is unlawful for a person to not make facilities available to another person on the grounds of their religious or political convictions. Hey, that's ACL, that's Family Voice, that's a whole lot of organisations. We have... Different political and religious views. So we're going to be banned. Well, not on, not according to Section 62 of the Equal Opportunity Act. So I am all four lawyers taking this up, uh, taking this issue up and uh, fighting them in the legal battlefield if we have to but this has got to stop now
1: you know we have talked a fair bit about the idea of cancel culture and Mm. how that typically you know can happen to individuals or small groups but here we have cancel culture on a pretty big scale don't we what what are your thoughts about cancel culture and perhaps uh, you know you've got your own perspectives too greg on what Mm. the bible might say about cancel culture about how we might think as christian believers with regard to this
0: well, absolutely. And, you know, I've been looking at the cancel culture and people, you know, I, I, I you know, sort of not criticise me, but say, oh, Greg, you're always on about cancel culture. Well, I am because what just happened in WA proves what I'm talking about. But then I had a look at what does the Bible have to say, Neil? What does it tell me? How should I as a Christian react when I'm being cancelled? Well, there are some guidelines biblically and we need to adopt these. Um, but, but the issue here is that, you know, McCrindle research came out uh, with, with, with some um, interesting data that said that most Australians believe that cancel culture has affected how they share their opinions. In other words, a lot of Christians are now hiding their perspectives on political, social and faith issues. Issues. So here we are being really driven into the ground and McRindle Research confirms this. So what does the Bible say? Well, quite frankly, you and I both know, 1 Peter 3.15. And if someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to give an answer. And we need to be doing that. But not only that. 2 Timothy tells us there will come a time when people won't put up with sound doctrine and that they will turn away from the truth. And that's what we are facing at the moment. The Bible makes it clear we cannot and should not Compromising the gospel, Neil?
1: Uh, we've got this, uh, you know. I talk about process from time to time, Greg. The idea that, you know, you first of all silence your opposition. Uh, ultimately you eliminate your opposition, and that's the way we can see how things have worked uh, with various uh, tyranny uh, throughout history. Mm. Uh, there is a sense here, if you're saying, well, how do I react to these things as a Christian? We we say, well, how does God respond to his enemies. And uh, I wonder whether you've got some thoughts here because uh, because we take our yes. cues from God about how we deal with the people who oppose us. Yeah. I mean uh, they they're trying to cancel us. Uh, what yes. what are your thoughts here?
0: Well, biblically speaking, you know, I looked at this carefully and it is only God that can cancel me as a person. In other words, he doesn't cancel me in point of fact, but what he does is What he does is he cancels my sin. And that being the case, you know, I should not be putting up with anybody else trying to cancel me. See, the the issue we've got here is that the fear of judgment publicly means that we as Christians, including you and me and anybody else, limits in what we can say and do, and that compromises the gospel. Now, I've got to be careful here because I I am so... The fear of the Lord strikes me, and if I don't want to, I don't want to be going up there at, when the time is right or when I'm meant to go home, and it says, go away from me, I knew you not because I failed to defend the cross. And it brings tears to my eyes, now. because if I'm not allowed to do that, if I'm not allowed to do that, then really, what is it all about? And we as Christians need to, need to get out there and say, hey, I want to defend the gospel, and I don't want to be cancelled. Only God can cancel me, and he's done that through the cancellation of my sin, Neil. So we've got to put up our hands and say, count me in, I'm defending the gospel.
1: I guess we are defenders of the freedom uh, because the gospel is dependent on that level of freedom for its uh, dissemination. Uh, Ultimately, Uh, When we deal with those who are aggressors uh, to those who are in church or as Christians, uh, ones being cancelled, ultimately forgiveness is going to be a necessary pathway forward. But uh, very interesting to talk about cancel culture and how all that works. Let's move on because there's a bunch of things that are on the agenda. Uh, Let me just touch on... Uh, This idea of a petition, the EN2753 No Mandatory COVID-19 Vaccination Petition. What have you got as some thoughts
0: around that one? Yeah, look, very quickly, this is a petition that's been going around. It's got over close to 30,000 by now I believe the petition actually closed yesterday Neil so unfortunately uh, we can't uh, sign that uh, to be a a signatory to it but basically what it's saying is and the intent of the petition is that they're trying to make sure that governments do not adopt mandatory passport uh, as a means of allowing you to travel, work or whatever the case may be. Now they're saying that uh, it breaches the Nuremberg Code well I'm not sure about that because the Nuremberg Code, for those that know, uh, was developed uh, after World War Two, and it, it addressed really things like human medical experimentation. Now, we know that COVID-19 vaccinations are approved, but some feel that they are still in the experimental stage. So that being the case, fine. My issue is no government. No government should be making uh, mandatory Uh, uh, sort of policies to say, hey, you've got to have a vaccine passport if you can, to allow you to travel, work or whatever else it might be. I'm opposed to that. I think Family Voice is opposed to anything mandatory along those lines, because quite frankly, Neil, it impinges impinges once again on our freedom of speech and expression. So we make sure that we tell the government no mandatory passport uh, is is necessary under the vaccination program.
1: And, of course, there's some examples coming around the world. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just as to pick up on vaccine issues, of course, uh, we've taken a position here at Vision where we don't tell people uh, vaccination one way or another. That will come down to people's individual decision as to whether they receive a vaccine, but when it comes to all of these other issues around freedoms, when it comes to all of these sideline, parallel you might call them issues that come along with the vaccination program, uh, there's some big things that we've been uh, loud and clear about and this is one of those, but around the world these things are developing and so here we are with yep. the opportunity to have a little bit of uh, you know insight into what's going on in other nations. Canada is one yep. of those that's got these vaccine passports. What's happening there, Greg?
0: Yeah, correct, quite correct. Uh, uh, Just July five, what, just last week, a couple of weeks ago, Canada has now implemented a policy that says if you've been vaccinated, you can skip mandatory 14-day quarantine. In effect, it's introduced a vaccine passport. Now, this has been blasted by a number of civil liberty organisations in Canada. And rightly so, because it, anything that says mandatory vaccine passports brings uh, red lights flashing in, in, in my book. But I have to make it clear, and as you said, family voice remains neutral on a COVID jab or not to jab. not—you know That's a decision you make between you and your Lord and how you feel about it. But we're opposed to any government or commercial mandating of the jab through the introduction of vaccine passports. That's like governments telling you what you have to do if you want to survive or function in our, in our society. That is wrong. That is morally wrong. And it's uh, certainly an impinges on our freedom of expression, thought. So, yeah, Canada's already into it. But I must say now, uh, and I'm happy to say this in the sense that uh, I, I want to make sure I'm transparent. I took my second jab on Monday of the AstraZeneca I took it now whether people agree with me or not it's something that between me and my lord and I've decided to take it uh, and and I'm and I'm being transparent about it Neil but I'm opposed to these vaccine passports for sure
1: and uh, you know just uh, not trying to be too personal here but you did have a bit of a reaction there too uh, to one of those jabs didn't you
0: I certainly did with the first one in about a week uh, after the first AstraZeneca vaccine. And I'm putting up my hand here. I, I got all sorts of pains and aches. I actually went to St George Emergency Hospital. Uh, they didn't know what it was. Now, I'm not saying it was vaccine related or otherwise. It was coincidental or whatever. But again, I say I did it. My Lord's been with me and I'm blessed indeed.
1: Just to, to touch on this connection back to the uh, Nuremberg uh, Code and, of course, that, as you said, came in after World War II. Uh, yeah. There's an issue, and from what I remember uh, from the Nuremberg Code, there was an issue around how governments access and force people with mandatory ways of uh, being, uh, you know, ascribing to health care and and so i imagine that's got these connections around what sort of freedom is lost once you've disclosed all of your personal information uh, because when someone like governments or private enterprise gets a hold of all your personal information and your healthcare yes. and i think they already have they already know a lot about our health as it is but uh, but yes. this this is the issue isn't it because absolutely uh, it's just another compounding of how our privacy is related to our freedom
0: Well, it it, it impinges again on... Do you remember we had to have our uh, electronic health cards, you know, whether you you chose to have it or not have it? Uh, Some people still don't have the electronic uh, uh, option. You know, I go to my GP and I've said, look, uh, what do you suggest? He said, well, look, you know, it's good to have your electronic details with government, but not at the expense of letting everybody know what my health situation is and so forth and so on. So, yes, it impinges on your... On your personal freedom, and and to mandate a vaccine passport, absolutely, you know, it's contradictory to, to to privacy and and what your health conditions are. So yeah, I am opposed to these passports now, as to the vaccine, whether you take it or not, that's a personal choice between you and God. And uh, I leave that to those people to decide. But vaccine passport, not on in my book. Uh,
1: Greg Bonda, always so good getting your insights. Uh, very quickly, we have run out of time, but uh, any special campaigns, uh, things yes. that people can support with, uh, uh, with Family Voice this week?
0: Yes, very quickly, Neil, Next Wednesday, I've got, I've got a very important webinar, free. Please go to Family Voice website. And we're talking about euthanasia. I have Alex Schadenberg from Canada, and I have Dr. uh, uh, Dr. Professor John Whitehall, and we're going to talk about no euthanasia in New South Wales. We're going to fight this, as as should Queensland, so please listen to it next Wednesday, 10.30 in the morning, and uh, you're all welcome to to tune in.
1: A much bigger issue than most people think. Uh, Euthanasia. Let me point people to the familyvoice.org.au website. No doubt there'll be a link there to participate in that webinar, FamilyVoice.org. Org.au. Greg Bondar, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks for the update today on 2020.
0: Thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.